Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here, and we're back with another amazing episode of Amazing Business Radio. We have a really exciting program, as always, or should I say amazing program. Today, we have Terry Yanovich. She is the author of Unleashing Excellence, The Complete Guide to Ultimate Customer Service. She wrote that with a good friend of mine, Dennis Snow. You may know that Dennis has been on our show at least twice. He might be a three-peater. I'm not sure, but we're going to have a great show today couple of quick things before we start this interview, and that is if you've got an amazing story that you want to share with us, or if you have a question that you'd like me to answer, you can send those to me on any of the social media channels. We're pretty much everywhere, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and more. So make sure you use the hashtag AskShep, and I'll answer the questions either directly there, I might talk about them on this show, or even the TV show that I do, Be Amazing or Go Home. And speaking of that TV show, we just finished up the first season, and uh, it's a great show. We've got another season starting. You can get it on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Prime, uh, YouTube even. Anywhere where you can stream TV, that's where we are. Be amazing or go home. All right. Speaking of being amazing, we've got Terry Yanovich in the house. She's a dynamic speaker, author, trainer, and consultant. She has a background working with Disney. Love talking to people who work with Disney. She actually would go out, travel the world doing keynotes on how Disney does what they do. So I know there's a lot more to Terry than just that, but Terry, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you very much for having me, Shep. Well, it's exciting. So in a nutshell, I mean, we have a whole life to cover, but can you do it in 60 seconds? <laughs> Seriously, what's your background? Oh, well, I'm one of the few people that you meet who actually grew up in Orlando, Florida before Disney. Uh, and you, wow, wow, you didn't just like trans, you know, like you come in as a transient uh, type of visitor and say, I want to be here the rest of my life. You are there from the very beginning. I was, and I was here uh, when we were just a little cow town, and people would stop and buy a bag of fresh Florida oranges and fill up on gasoline and head on down to beautiful Miami Beach. And Disney came to town, and um, I was turning 17, and my parents decided I needed to get a job, and so that's where I headed. And um, it was a great experience those four years as I was working my way through college, uh, as I got the opportunity to see how hard Disney does work, that it's not by uh, luck and it's not by magic, but it's very, very hard work. How hard was it to get a job there? I mean, what did you have to go through? Back then, you went to the casting center. That was the only way you were able to uh, get hired. And uh, at that time, it was also way out of downtown Orlando. So you would get paid extra to work out of Disney because of the distance traveled. But um, you would go to this big, big building that looked like Argyle socks. Uh, so it was very distinctive <laughs> and unique in appearance. And uh, once you got in the parking lot and went up to the front door, there was actually a doorknob from uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. So it kind of got you into the mood right away that you were entering into something very unique and different. Wow. But uh, first they had you watch a video. And in the video, they would tell you that you would be working uh, when others are playing and that you'd have to wear these costumes 
and uh, that the pay was not going to be super great. But they tell uh, you that right up front, the pay's it, not great. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> and uh, about 10% of those people who watched the video would then uh, leave and not even pursue the application process further. But I decided that that's where I wanted to work. And so after you received um, the um, go ahead, you were set up with the interviewers and some of them were actually uh, cast members, hourly cast members that had been uh, relocated to just do interviews for a year or two because they wanted you to get the opportunity to talk to real Disney cast members and get the real scoop right up front so you would be able to get a feel for Disney. It seems to be a theme. Now, uh, so did you feel... Now, I realize you were 17 years old, and today, uh, as we grow older and we have experiences, we're much more savvy about how things work, but did you feel you were being interviewed or that you were actually interviewing them for the position of working there? That's an excellent point because it was a collaborative. I got to ask the questions I wanted to ask, and then they, in turn, uh, were able to talk with me as well. So it was more of this uh, dialogue and conversation because they really don't want to hold back any secrets of what it's like to work there. They'd rather be very upfront so that you know what you're getting into. So they didn't scare you away. It did not scare me away. Yeah. And, and, and like when they said low pay, like uh, how low was it? You don't need to give me dollar amounts. No, but but compared like, hey, I could go to work at a fast casual fast food type restaurant or I could work at Disney. Am I going to get paid less or more? Oh, it was minimum wage. It was the same. Basically minimum wage, the same. Okay. But this was also entry level high school job or, or going into college job, right? Yes, 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 it was, yes. And so uh, it was, yes, it was minimum wage. Other than because of the distance from Orlando at that time, they did pay 50 cents more per hour just to write, try to recruit folks back then. Wow, wow, that's great. So just a couple quick lessons. The doorknob, that's a great lesson in itself. Just the doorknob. Just the doorknob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about it. That set the tone, right? It kind of gave you an idea. You're going, this is the doorknob from, you said it was from Snow White? Uh, yes. Uh, wow. And so that's pretty cool. And I mean, for I think a lot of people, when they go to Disney to work there, they know what Disney is. They've grown up with Snow White, the Seven Dwarves, Sleeping Beauty, and and all the other movies. And, and you kind of know, like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. And you see that, and all of a sudden you're cast into this, no pun intended, cast member, but you're cast into this uh, environment. The next thing is the video that they showed you uh, back then, and that just set the expectation, transparency in the video, talking about, hey, we're not the highest paid. As a matter of fact, minimum wage is what you're going to get is basically what you've said to me. But they must have said something in that video to get you excited to want to go to the next step. And I love that 10 people, this uh, 10% of the people automatically kind of like drop out. Yeah, they deselect themselves. And then the collaborative interview, ask us all the questions you want. We just don't want to interview you. What, what, you know, why do you want to work here? Tell me and ask us questions what you might have, which, which by the way, that throws off a lot of people when you are in an interview and say, so what questions you have for me? Wait a minute. You're supposed to be asking me questions. So this is great. So now, did you li- do you feel they lived up to the expectation that they created 
when you uh, decided, yes, I'm going to go to work there? Definitely, because by then you had had your questions answered. And then uh, once you're hired, you are put your first day is an orientation. And so that too reinforces everything you heard in the interview and application process. On that first day, for example, they tell the the guys as to uh, what were the dress uh, and the hair codes. And back then, it was hair up above the collars, up above the ears, and no facial hair. Uh, and so when you would show up for the first day of orientation, should you have decided to maybe grow out that mustache, they would simply hand you a can of shaving cream and, <laughs> and show you the way to the men's room to say, if you truly do want to work here, we meant what we said in the interview process. This is part of our appearance guidelines. And if you'd like to stay and be paid for the day, which we hope you will, please, you know, go remove your mustache. That's phenomenal. That's great. And is that the traditions training? Yes, that is. Okay, that so they still call it traditions today. Even. Call yes, yep. yeah. Which yeah. is all about the Disney traditions and, and instilling this. Well, this is great. So this is just, I mean, before you even go into day one, this is how they and hire. And, and for lack of a better uh, word, uh, convince you by being transparent, if you still want to work here after all of that. And that's what I love. Like Zappos does that today. They put you through the whole orientation and then they say, hey, you, now you know what we are. If you want to leave, we're going to pay you more money to leave. If you just want to leave, here's severance pay after two weeks because they want you to deselect out if you're not going to be part of that culture because really Disney's success is based on that culture and delivering on the expectation that their guests have, which, which is really quite fascinating. When we come back, we're going to take a short break. I want to talk about, you know, the attention to details and what they taught you in that orientation and, you know, how you put some of this amazing customer experience uh, that they taught you into work as a cast member in college. This is where the basics start. So we'll be right back. Don't go away. We'll see you in just a moment. Cult is not a scary word. My book, The Cult of the Customer, proves it. It helps you design a strategy to lead customers and employees through five cultural phases or cults. And good news, I have a revised and updated version of the book. The new edition, The Cult of the Customer, will come out on March 17th, 2020. It features case studies, tips, and tactics to guide you on the journey from uncertainty to amazement and build a better customer-focused culture, a cult of the customer. Pre-order the book before March 17th to receive the ebook for free right away along with another special gift. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.cultofthecustomer.com today to order. Join the cult that turns satisfied customers into customer evangelists, the cult of the customer. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Terry Yanovich about her Disney experience. And one of the things that Disney is known for is paying such close attention to detail. So I want to talk about how uh, those details create the value that really get the guests to say, wow, this really is the happiest place on earth. I want to come back again and again. So Terry, any thoughts on, on I mean, you, in that early training, did they talk to you about details? 
They certainly did. And before we go any further, Shep, I'd like to correct you on the one detail. You know, I did say this was back when I was in college that I went for that uh, first interview in the casting center and went up to the doorknob and uh, was greeted by, I, I said, Snow White uh, and the Seven Dwarfs, but it was actually Alice in Wonderland. The doorknob. Uh, yeah, the doorknob. The wow. doorknob, yes. But you know what? It, it, it just created that a magical moment where you knew that you were entering somewhere different. It wasn't your typical doorknob. Mm. And so uh, they, they, that's one of the details. And that's why Disney is so fabulous in getting repeat customers because they do pay attention to these little details that make people come back and it keeps their visits fresh. Because the first time you go into Disney, you're so enamored with the castle and the smells and all the sights and sounds you're seeing that you don't notice the little details. But when you go back the second time as a visitor, this is where you start to pick up little things that you're like, well, when did they do that? I don't remember that. And it's because of those details that they're able to keep that magic and that freshness. So you said smell. They pump smell out into the, uh, you know, into the environment, if you will. They do. They do on Main Street. When you walk by the bakery shop, they're pumping that smell of uh, chocolate chip cookies. Mm. Uh, when you're going through uh, the, the different attractions, they uh, create that smell that gives the smell of whatever's appropriate to the area. Like in prehistoric times, they'll have that just that dank uh, smell. So they look for every opportunity that they can to employ the sense of smell because it's so powerful. Yeah, and there's smell, obviously, sights. You know, you're walking down Main Street, and when you really, when you look at it, uh, if you start to really pay attention, you'll notice the architecture is, it's created in such a way, uh, for lack of a better term, I'm going to use the word facade, uh, but you really feel like you're thrown back into Main Street in an, in an environment, And but it's, it's just cool. How would you explain that? Because I'm not doing a very good job of it right now. Well, well, when Walt created Walt Disney World, he wanted you to step and make it into a three-dimensional experience. And so when you walk into the parks and you see the posters, it starts to remind you of movies and coming attractions. And then when you step through the gates into Main Street, you are immersed. And that's truly what it was all about. But to do that, you've got to pay attention to all those small details, such uh, as uh, the, the people that are walking in the streets, uh, the costumes, the uh, location, so that when you're first walking down Main Street and you, you wish that you had brought more film or you've forgotten a part of your camera, uh, if you're not just gonna be taking it on your phone, your pictures and photos for remembrance, there's a little camera shop on the right-hand side. Uh, when you're coming out of the park at the end of the day and you wish that you had bought that little memento or souvenir for somebody back home, well, by gosh, there's a souvenir shop. A Imagine that. <laughs> yes, imagine that. But those are the kinds of details they really think have thought through the entire experience from all angles. And that's what businesses need to do. Right, right. I love that. You know, they pay attention to the details. They pay attention to sight. They pay attention to uh, sound uh, with the music. And, uh, you know, depending on where you are, you're going to hear a more futuristic sound, although it's a small world after all. Um, 
did how did you feel about that song after working there for four years <laughs> you start to hum it in your sleep at night <laughs> i know <laughs> uh, so here is an interesting piece of trivia and i'm trying to pull it up as we're talking the uh the you mentioned the, the photo store kodak was yes. the supplier of, of photography but by, by the way today they do they even have a photography store I wonder, uh, because people use their phones, is there a need for, for film? Uh, that I have, you know, haven't paid attention to in the past a uh, couple times that I've been there to see if there's a photo store anymore, but uh, there probably might not be. Um, so here is, and this is what reminded me, when, I got to tell you, I found it. Do you know about the Art Link Letter deal? when Disney first opened in California in 1955, when it was Disneyland, not Disney World. Do you know no, about this? No, I don't. This is great <laughs> trivia. Okay, so I'm gonna read exactly what it says on the internet, and you know it has to be true because we're, we're getting it off the internet, right? <laughs> but Art Linkletter made what may have been, and by the way, for those that don't know who Art Linkletter is, uh, just Google it, he was a TV personality, and. He had a great show uh, that was with kids. You know, kids will say, I think it was like, kids will say the darndest thing. Darndest I don't know what it was, but is that what it was called? Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. Kids will yep. say the darndest thing. Yep, and it was fun. He made what may have been, this is how it reads, his shrewdest deal when his friend, Walt Disney, asked him to preside over Disneyland's opening day ceremonies for the standard actor's union fee of $200. Ah, minimum wage <laughs> for an actor anyway uh, for a day link lettered agreed on the condition that he be awarded are you ready for this the film and camera concessions at disney for the next 10 years <laughs> what do you think that was worth millions and millions of dollars <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh that that's what it says in on the internet i just think that's pretty cool trivia so anyway, we're, we're bouncing outside. The details, uh, and I think I jokingly talked with Dennis about this. They have people, you know, they're walking around they're, and they're sweeping up trash and they're making sure that the park not only is cleaned at night, but stays clean throughout the day. That's a major detail. Um, and, and I jokingly said to him, I said, I think there's those guys that walk around with little cans of paint and brushes. I don't think there's really anything in the cans. They're just doing that because they want you to know they're, they're taking care of details. No, I, I don't know about that. But isn't that what they, I mean, three jobs at Disney, you know, they said there's three responsibilities. And I don't want to put you on the spot. Do you remember, did they teach you that back then that you're hired to do the job you're supposed to do, take care of the guest and keep the park clean? And keep the park clean. And, and when you're told, remember, I was 17 years old. And when I was told that it was part of my job, one of my three responsibilities to pick up the trash, I was one of those that said, no, I don't think so. Uh, not me, uh, especially not other people's trash. Uh, but on that very first day of that orientation, that Disney traditions, we had a manager who walked us through the parks. And I noticed that every single time that he stooped down and picked up a piece of trash, he either walked to the nearest trash can or he put it in his nice suit pocket. And so wow. I, at that point in time, I too, if I wanted a position there, I better pick up trash. Mm -hmm. That's so great. It's a habit today. Yep. And what's really cool is that your uh, manager, whoever was walking around, who was your boss at the time, that, that was, he was demonstrating or she was demonstrating the right yeah, behavior. Another big takeaway, demonstrate the behavior you want others 
to, to do. Um, I would love to talk about uh, internal and external service because I know in our prep for today's interview, you know, you mentioned exceptional internal service leads to exceptional external service because everyone's a customer, but we're going to do that right after this next break when we come right back. So don't go away. We're talking with Terry Yanovich about all things related to Disney customer experience and just doing an amazing uh, job for your customers. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio. We'll be right back. Are you ready to be amazing? Of course you are. And that's why you tune into Amazing Business Radio. If you like what you're hearing here, you're going to love my new TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home. Each episode is devoted to sharing ideas to help you be amazing in both your business and personal lives. We also feature an app or technology every week that you're going to find fascinating. And we always have at least two guests on the show. The show is now available on Amazon Prime, Roku, C-Suite TV, and more. So the choice is yours. Be amazing or go home. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Terry Yanovich, who is the author of Unleashing Excellence, The Complete Guide to Ultimate Customer Service. Wrote it with my friend Dennis Snow. A great book, I might add. And let's talk now about the internal and external customer service experience. I, I think what happens in the inside of an organization is felt on the outside by a customer. And I think too many times uh, companies forget that there's this whole inside customer concept that needs to be thought of. And that is so true. And the way that I discovered that uh, when I was working at Disney is when I would go to the wardrobe department and uh, in asking for my costume for the day, it was just as much the responsibility of that cast member working wardrobes to be pleasant, to smile, uh, to make my day a little bit better as it was for me then to go out into the parks and interact with the paying guests. And Disney uh, has a philosophy uh, or a service theme as they call it that the real purpose to everybody's job task is to create happiness. And that makes it very simple and very easy to remember is that no matter what job you have internally or externally, you are to create happiness with that guest. So I was an internal guest to the wardrobe department and she or he would work very hard to create that happiness with me. And it's kind of a pay it forward then. Mm. So um, that that's one of their keys to success is recognizing that it, there is a ripple domino effect to internal service. Yeah. The internal service. Again, what happens on the inside of an organization is felt on the outside. Uh, so your background, four years with Disney while you're at college, you graduate college, you leave, you go to work for Hertz and you travel around the world doing Hertz training, right? That's You're right. in front of audiences all of the time. That's right. Right. And then you leave and go to work for a very, very famous gentleman, Philip Crosby. And, uh, yes. and, and you went to work and you were there for quite a few years. And then you loved Disney so much, you went back and worked for Disney Institute. That's right. And it was seeing it for a whole different perspective from being that frontline cast member, uh, young in college, to now being on the other side, uh, sharing 
how Disney makes that happen with all those frontline cast members. So I was able to see the backside of what I had experienced as a young cast member. Yeah, and that's really cool. And then you, as part of Disney Institute, you went out and shared the wealth of information and helping other customers or other other companies, your clients, Mm -hmm. your customers, uh, hopefully create happiness and be amazing for their customers as well. we're, we're getting close to the end, but I, I do want to touch base on something else that I have written down here. One of the things that I think has been a success for Disney is that they've created these standards and these standards you were taught when you were young and Disney was first coming, but they're still the same standards today. I can't tell you how many times, I, I mean, oh, let's create a new theme this year. And it's like, we'll make customer service our theme. Well, it should be a theme that goes on forever and there should be standards. Is it true that this, I mean, I'm sure things evolve over time, but the basics are still there, aren't they, Terry? Absolutely. And the training on the basics still occurs from throughout the interview process, once again, where it's defined that these are the behaviors you're going to be held accountable to, to the reinforcement at the orientation that these are the standards that are how you do your job, and then recognition and constant reinforcement once you get into your job position are those same four service standards that uh, have been there since uh, the beginning. Yeah, and I mean, think about it. So I emphasize that these standards, you know, their core standards, they're common sense. And common sense has prevailed for centuries, not just decades, not just a few years. And by the way, they will continue uh, uh, to to have uh, a pretty big influence on the future. We've got technology, all kinds of things that we could play into it. But at the end of the day, there are these standards. Very important. Yes, yes. And, and the standards uh, keep consistency. So it's not that you go into the Magic Kingdom and say, the cast members at the Magic Kingdom are so much more courteous and friendly and helpful than they are over at Epcot. Uh, no, every one of the parks has the same four service standards. And so that seamless experience occurs no matter at MGM Studios or the Animal Kingdom, wherever you are. Even a hotel that they own. And the hotels, well, all cast members are held accountable to those same four service standards. Awesome. Well, we're down to the end. I always ask one final question and it's real simple. It's the one thing question. Is there one thing that you can think of that you want to make sure this audience remembers? It could be either something new or you can reflect back on what we've talked about for the last uh, 20 or so minutes and just share with us what that one thing is. Well, it's to remember you don't have to be a theme park or have rides or have characters in order to be immensely successful, but that any organization can apply these Disney lessons um, by paying attention to the details, by recognizing that internal service is just as important as external service, and by making sure that everybody knows the expectations and you start sharing those expectations in the interview process and reinforcing your orientation. And you too can be a uh, successful organization in your industry. Right. Be the Disney of your industry. I love it. You succinctly uh, wrapped it all up, brought everything home for us that you don't have to be Disney to make this happen. 
these are concepts that work with any and every company. Terry, you're awesome. This is why we call this uh, amazing business radio. Maybe we should call it awesome business radio. You're amazing, Terry. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, and remember, everybody, we do this every single week. We have a great interview. So we'll be back next week with another amazing interview. And like I always do at my sign off, I remind you, this is Chef Hyken telling you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.